don't know what to do. What do you mean? Like, what do we say? I don't know. Introduce yourself. You introduce yourself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, True Crimes and Story Times. I'm Kirsten. I'm obviously Michelle. Obviously. Obviously. She can, she can hear with a lisp in her voice. Yes, you can. Um, Got that lisp, baby. <laughs> God, that was cringe. Baby. Cringe. <laughs> Sorry, I just blew out everyone's ears. It's okay. So, today, I'm continuing in my little, um, I don't know if you want to call it a series, kind of. Um, a couple weeks ago, I talked about Ed and Lorraine Warren. Mm-hmm. Last week, I talked about Amityville Horror, mm-hmm. which is an extension of Ed and Lorraine Warren. This week, we're going to talk about The Haunting in Connecticut. The dun, movie. Dun, dun. The. I don't, I don't know. If it, I don't, it's not really a true story, but. Um, apparently, it's supposed to be based on one? Apparently. It's supposed to be. Okay. When I, when I uh, did my Ed and Lorraine Warren research, um, if, you go, if you listen to that episode, um talked about how supposedly this house was haunted because it was over a um what's it called a what is that hand movement uh where they keep dead bodies cemetery no (laughs) where they do all the cleaning of the bodies a funeral home yes there you go (laughs) i don't know why i couldn't think of that I want to say it's called the mortuary, but that's, that's what I was going to say. That that's what I was going to say, but I didn't know if that was the right word, and I didn't want to sound dumb. <laughs> but apparently, a funeral like, home or a morgue. Okay. Okay. But apparently, relating the house, to burial or tombs. Sorry. Yeah. Apparently, the house was like the 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 morgue was like in the basement of this house. Oh. Basically. Well, that's lovely. And supposedly haunted the people that lived there, but then like everybody else that lived in the house. Never experienced anything. Yep. I think we did talk about that briefly. Yeah. So, which, but that's, that's the case in a lot of their cases. Mm-hmm. You know, once those people moved that supposedly had a haunting and new people moved in, nothing happened. Right. So, but we're going to talk about The Haunting in Connecticut and The Haunting in Connecticut 2. Oh. I didn't know it was an extension of. Part one, part two. Um. But all in one part. But all in one part. Also... Um, when you're listening to this, it will almost be Christmas. Yep. Happy and, holidays, people. Um, we will not be having an episode come out. No, we won't. This is our last recording. Of the year? Yep. Nah. Mm-hmm. We'll record on the 31st. Okay, but like it won't be released till after the year's over. Yeah. So this is our last recording of the year. Because so we'll we see do you not guys re- in the new year. Yeah. We will not be recording for the week of... Okay, Christmas. so our next episodes will be posted on the 21st and the 23rd. We will not be recording the 24th or 25th. The next recording will be New Year's Eve, which makes sense because me and Kirsten have to celebrate our birthdays. Hello. Hey, 24. 24, I'm already there. What's our 24? What year is that? Like, you know how, like, 22 is, like, your Taylor Swift year, and then 23 is, 24. like, your Michael Jordan year. 24. I don't know what 24 is. I don't know need to know i know i'm sorry sorry people i'm getting sidetracked oh 
I looked up 24 years. A 24-year-old woman killed in suspected DUI crash. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Isn't, I'm going to get canceled for this, but isn't 24 Kobe Ryan's number? <gasps> Maybe it is. Is it? Because I think... Hold on. I think it is. 24. That sounds right to me. I'm going to get so canceled if it's not. Nope, it is. Oh, I'm so smart. I think Austin actually <laughs> said that. Like, 24 is your Kobe year. Okay. So, we're leaving our Michael Jordan year and going to our, our Kobe, Kobe, year. Kobe year. I'm cool with that. R.I.P. For real. To a real one. To a real one. Speaking of R.I.P. to a real one, <laughs> did you see that, um, you know who Twitch is? He yep, was... I saw that. Steven Twitch. I think that's his... Steven? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He uh, passed away this week. Mm-hmm. Super sad. I didn't know who he was, but yeah. You didn't? No. I did. Who was he? He was, um, well, he was on So You Think You Can Dance. Mm-hmm. He was on a bunch of stuff, but I knew him because he was Ellen DeGeneres' DJ for her show. Oh. For okay. forever. And Ellen has been canceled for a while. So. Yeah, she has. But I did used to watch her show. Oh, with my grandparents. I mean, yeah. When it, I lived uh, who with didn't them. watch her show yeah. once upon a time? I just meant recently. So, like, I literally woke up on Wednesday, on my birthday, and was, like, on Facebook, and was, like, he passed away. I was, like, man. R.I.P. to another real one. something that you don't want to wake up to on your birthday. No. All right. Yeah. Moving on. Anyway. So. Having a little rant here at the beginning. Yeah. The Haunting in Connecticut. In 1987, Sarah Campbell was driving her son, Matt, home from the hospital where he had been undergoing cancer treatments. This is the movie. Okay. By the way. I was like, wait, this is this is, real or the this movie? This is the movie. Okay. Sarah and her husband, Peter, a recovering alcoholic, discuss finding a rental house closer to the hospital since their son has to do cancer treatments so often. Mm-hmm. On another hospital visit, Sarah finds a man putting up a for rent sign in front of a large house. The man is frustrated and offers her the first month's rent free if she will rent it immediately. Oh. Obviously, if, you know, you're so far behind in, like, medical bills for yeah. your son, that's, like, really going to pull you in. Right. The following day, Peter arrives with Matt's brother, Billy, and cousins, Wendy and Mary, and they choose rooms. So they get the house. Mm-hmm. Matt chooses the basement where there's a mysterious door. Okay. After moving in, Matt suffers a series of visions involving an old bearded man and corpses with symbols carved into their skin. I missed it, but I was going to say, that's where he fucked up. That's where he fucked up. Choosing Choosing the the basement. basement. Mm -hmm. Where there's a mysterious door. Mm -hmm. No thank you. The next day, Peter learns that the house was supposedly a funeral home. The room behind the mysterious door was the mortuary. Even more weird. Yeah. Matt tells another patient... At the hospital where he's mm-hmm. having his treatment. Reverend Nicholas Popescu about the visions he had. Nicholas advises him to find out what the spirit wants. Also, red flag. <laughs> yeah, like, you don't wanna, hold You up. don't want to talk to the spirits. No, that's... They want you, my friend. You're inviting them in to you. Right. When you're, like, doing that. Right. So. Later, Matt finds a burned figure in his room... Who begins to move toward him. Nope. Immediately, no. When the family comes home, they find a shirtless Matt with his fingers blood-covered from scratching at the wall. The family begins to crack under the stress of Matt's illness and bizarre behavior. 
The children find a box of photographs which show Jonah, a young man from Matt's visions, at a seance emitting ectoplasm from his mouth. Okay. Like, you know, slimy. Yes. Yeah. Wendy and Matt find out that the funeral home was run by a man named Ramsey Aikman. It looks like Aikman. It looks like what? Aikman. Aik. It's like. I feel like he's going to be maybe not a good person, so I'm going to call him Ramsey Aikman for now. He also conducted psychic research and would host seances with Jonah as the medium. At one seance, all those all those attending, including Aikman, were found dead and Jonah disappeared. I redact my statement. Now I feel bad. <laughs> She's like, you know what? Don't come for me. Nicholas theorizes that Aikman was practicing necromancy and attempts to control the dead and bind them to the house. Putting that statement back in place. <laughs> what the fuck she's like okay well i feel bad i didn't even read the next line statement back in place i'm not taking it back now he is a bad person <laughs> literally what the fuck the look she gave me she was like what the fuck <laughs> like nope that night nicholas finds human remains in the house and removes them matt awakens to find aikman's symbols carved into his skin He's taken to the hospital where he encounters Jonah. Nicholas and Matt begin to have simultaneous visions. Everyone in the seance is burnt after a flash of breath. Bright light. Bright light. Yeah. <laughs> the Tennessee's coming out of me. <laughs> the barely alive Aikman told Jonah to get out of the house, concerned that the demonic presence will get him next. Jonah uses a dumb waiter to escape, calling for help. You know what dumb waiter is? Yes. Okay, if you don't know, it's for, like, laundry or, like, trash or... It's in the wall, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm... Th- that's mm-hmm. the right thing, right? Yeah. It's like a... It's like a elevator in the wall. Yeah. But it's like a pulley system. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen Spiderwick Chronicles? Yes. It's in the movie. He takes the dumbwaiter up to the secret room. Oh, yeah. And that's where he finds, like, the book and everything. Gotcha. I love that movie, guys. Tell it's me if you so love that long. movie. That's I remember, one of my favorite movies. I remember when that movie came out. I was in the third grade. I love that movie. Were I used to there? watch it. Was I there? Were you there? I had a teacher. My third grade teacher took us to the movies to see that I didn't movie. get to go that. You had to you had to finish your times tables. I think it was only your class. I think it was only my class. Yeah, I was <laughs> about to say <laughs> my class did not do that. Yeah. Um my teacher loved us. Um you need to go watch it. Yes, it's good. Because it's Sorry. Okay. I'm not ranting about the spiderwork article. <laughs> Entering an unknown chamber, Jonah realizes that he has entered the crematory. The spirit traps Jonah in the crematory and cremates him alive. Oh. Peter and Sarah learn that Matt's cancer treatments have had no effect. <laughs> they then discover that Matt has escaped the hospital. Back at the house, Nicholas leaves a message telling the family to get out of the house immediately. Jonah's spirit was actually protecting them from the spirits. Matt breaks through the walls in the front room with an axe, revealing the dusty corpses Aikman hid in the walls. He forces Wendy and the children to get out, barricading himself inside and tearing down the other walls as corpses begin to tumble into the room. Holy shit, what? Yeah. The view switches from Matt to Jonah, who seems to be occupying Matt's body. Matt lights the bodies in the room on fire. Later on, investigators arrive at the house 
to only find it engulfed in flames. As the fire department arrives, Sarah and Peter frantically try to get in to save Matt. The spirits finally freed disappear. Outside, everyone watches tearfully as the emergency crew attempts to resuscitate a dying Matt. As Matt slips away, he has a vision of himself standing in the graveyard where he sees Jonah, no longer appearing burnt. He seems to follow Jonah when he hears his mother's voice. He returns to his body and Jonah's spirit leaves him. Matt's cancer disappears and the house was rebuilt and resold with no further reported incidents of haunting. That's crazy. So that sounds like a crazy ass movie. Yeah. So, it, but his cancer disappeared. He didn't have cancer anymore. Could you imagine? After all of this, could you imagine living in a house that has a bunch of dead bodies in the walls? I could imagine. I'm terrified now. I, I feel like imagine. I need to tear down all. Have the walls. you ever seen the movie, The Boy? Yeah, I'm pretty About sure I showed you that movie. And it's the guys living in the walls. I'm pretty sure we watched that together. Did we? I feel like I showed you that movie. Isn't that... he? That's where he was living in the wall, right? Mm-hmm. Fuck up. Hey, you just ruined it for millions of people. It's been out for a long JK, time. JK, we don't have millions of people <laughs> listening to this podcast, but I wish we did. Maybe one day. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to talk about The Haunting in Connecticut 2. Sorry, but you royally ruined it for our listeners. For our listeners. Sorry, guys. The real ones. It's been out for a while. If you haven't seen it, it's about a go dog. watch it. Okay, it's just go watch it. It's actually pretty good. So, this one is called Ghosts of Georgia. It's not about the same house. The story was inspired by the events surrounding the Warwick House that we just talked about. Wait. Yep. Right? I think so. Wait, hold on. I don't think he said. It doesn't say. Anyway. Of Ellers... Ellers... There's some weird names here. Ellersley, Georgia. Which were published in the book The Veil. Heidi Warrick's story. Okay. I think I'm saying that right. Warrick? Mm-hmm. I think. The film is set in 1993. Andy and Lisa Warrick, along with their daughter Heidi, move into a rural... <laughs> Here we go with this word again. A rural... <laughs> <laughs> Throwback to, like, our third episode. Yeah. When rural. I'm dead. That's like a major throwback. I know. They Ruh-roh. move into a... I'm just going to say a house. A house. After receiving a deal from the bank. It's a house. Okay. I'm a, okay. They are told that no one had previously lived on the land, which is why they are getting such a great deal. Yeah, I'm sure that's why you're getting such a great deal. Right. Shortly after moving in, Heidi begins to experience visions. So... Like what happened in the first one. Okay. After a visit from Lisa's sister, Joyce, it is revealed that Heidi, along with her mother, aunt, and grandmother, were born with a veil over her face, allowing the women of the family to have visions. Interesting. So, not like a physical veil, but like a spiritual veil. Yeah, I get you. Joyce embraces her visions, but Lisa tries to prevent them with the help of medication to no avail as she begins to have nightmares and visions of her mother. One of Heidi's visions is of a man she calls Mr. Gordy, who tells her things to prove his existence, such as money being buried in the garden and a swing swing being deep in the woods. Okay, but no. No swing being deep in the woods. Yeah, no thanks. That's The money. Okay. Yeah, let me know where the money's at. But I'm not going in the woods. Yeah, no. When these things turn out to be true, it is revealed that Mr. Gordy had, in fact, owned the house before the Weirics. 
To test Heidi's knowledge, Joyce and Lisa do some research and ask Heidi to pick Mr. Gordy out of a bunch of old photos, which she does. Lisa begins to have visions of a figure coming after her and her daughters and starts to worry about the sanity of herself and that of her daughter, which leads her to tell Heidi not to speak to Mr. Gordy anymore. One day, the family family <laughs> receives a visit from the local pastor who tells them that their property was once part of the Underground Railroad and that a station master lived on their land. He tells them of all the good that the station master brought about and warns the family that they might get some visitors wishing to pay homage to the station master and ask them to be kinder than the previous owner, Mr. Gordy. Oh. Andy comes home with a dog for Heidi named Chief, trying to alleviate some of the tension that has built up in their family since moving to the new house. But soon after, Chief follows something into the woods. It's always... The motherfucking dog. Mm-hmm. When Andy and Heidi go to look for him, they can hear him crying from the woods and find him trapped in a snare. Andy tells Lisa that the snares would have been perfect for a taxidermist because they would catch and kill animals without leaving a mark. Weird that you know that. Yeah. That's just... No, I can't say that. I know weird random facts, too. That's giving Jeffrey Dahmer. No. Well, because he was a taxidermist. Yeah, but... There's taxidermists out there that aren't serial killers, Kirsten. I know, but anytime I think of taxidermy, I think of Jeffrey Dahmer and his. Okay, but the catching and killing animals part. That's a little sus. If you're not using the meat. Yeah. You know? Maybe they were using the meat. Yeah, it's not like they were torturing them. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) So they were using the meat and then taxidermying the other part, which, okay, I feel like that's acceptable. Right. Okay. I'm not I'm not a judgmental person. So. Um while destroying the snares to prevent Chief from getting caught again, Andy finds Heidi talking to someone who's not there. When he asks her about it, she says that Mr. Gordy says that some people are coming. These people turn out to be Mama Kay and her grandson who buy a quilt from Joyce that she had found at the old station. Mama Kay tells Heidi that she is special and to be careful of what she sees, while her grandson tells Andy the true story of the station master. He was primarily a taxidermist and would enlist the help of guides called conductors to help guide slaves to a meeting place. He would hold them somewhere secret, then when it was safe, he would move them to the next location. Two of the slaves he had hidden were Mama Kay's ancestors, Nell and Levi. But they were never heard from again after they stopped at the station. Uh-oh. Maybe it does mean that you're a serial killer. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> when the town people found out about his involvement, they blindfolded him, filled his abdomen with stuffing, and hanged him from the tree where the swing once was that Heidi had seen. Ew. His involvement? Yeah, because he was moving the people and they disappeared. Oh, right. Andy relays this information to Joyce and Lisa, who then relays it to Heidi, but tells her that the station master was a good man and helped a lot of people. When Heidi insists that an evil exists in the woods, Lisa becomes frustrated and tells her that she cannot believe her because she cares about her and her orders, and she orders Heidi to get out of the bathtub. She's in the bath. Mm-hmm. When Heidi takes too long, Lisa returns to the bathroom as the lights begin to flicker. 
The station master is seen standing next to Lisa as Heidi is face down in the bathtub. Lisa pulls her out and attempts to use the Heimlich maneuver to expel the water from her lungs, only for Heidi to cough up sawdust and insects. What? Concerns, the family takes Heidi to the hospital where her story is questioned. Heidi seems to have no memory of what happened and tells the doctor that when she didn't get out of the tub like she was supposed to, her mom pulled her out of the tub really hard, making it even harder to believe Lisa's story. Hmm. As Lisa is leaving, Heidi tells her that it's hard when people don't believe you, indicating that she knew what she was doing. Later, the family asked the pastor to come out and bless the land and Heidi. During the blessing, Joyce experiences frightening visions of slaves being taken to the station by the station master, along with the conductors, and she sees the bodies of her family members decomposing during the blessing. That night, Heidi follows a ghost out of her house who turns out to be Nell. She leads her out into the woods where she disappears. Mm. Meanwhile, Lisa is having nightmares and awakens to find out that Heidi is missing, and Andy runs out into the woods to look for her. Somehow, Heidi falls to the bottom of the station and begs her father not to leave her down there with them, until she, uh, but she's alone. It's indicating that somebody she sees somebody down there. Yeah. yeah. In a frantic attempt to rescue his daughter, Andy reveals a heavy slab covering the entrance which leads him to wonder how Heidi got down there, and he realizes that it's where the station master hid the slaves, with Heidi revealing the them she was talking about were corpses that had been forgotten. She was hiding the slaves down there, and they died. Yeah. And now she's down there with the decomposing... He didn't do that to all the slaves, did he? No. Just those two that disappeared. The two that disappeared, yes. Still wrong, but... Wrong, yes. So, she's down there with these with the bodies. Yeah. When the station master was murdered, there was no one to let the slaves out, and they died at the station. So, the station master... Masher? Masher. The station master didn't even do anything. No. They hadn't disappeared. They were just they were hiding. hiding. And then, them killing him made them die. Because it was hard to say how long they would have to hide for. Yeah. Because you had... You, you have to leave for the right moment. Right. Especially during this and times. And if you get caught, then you probably get killed. But he right. got killed for doing the right thing. Right. And so yeah. nobody knew they were down there. Wow. Heidi tells her father that she thinks something else is in the station. She tells her family that she wishes to leave the house. Joyce tells her that she released the spirits and that the bad things are gone. But Heidi insists that Mr. Gordy told her she let something bad out. When Andy takes his daughter's side, it causes a rift between him and Lisa. Lisa tells Heidi that the station master was a good man, to which Heidi replies, no, he wasn't. Wait. What? I don't know. I think it's a matter of who thinks what. Like... Yeah, I'm like, just like, like the, it's a lot of back and forth. He was, but he wasn't. Mm-hmm. He was, but he wasn't. Maybe the, the the spirits think that he was bad, so they're making her think that gotcha. he was bad. Yeah. We'll or maybe, maybe he was really bad. Kirsten hasn't read this in a while. Yeah. She did the research a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It's a little foggy. Andy decides that the family will leave because he doesn't want Lisa filling Heidi's head with the idea that she's sick and needs to be on medication. As they're packing up to leave, the ghost of the station master can be seen watching them. 
Joyce decides to stay, and the ghosts of the slaves alert her to the station master's presence. She sees him walking towards Heidi, and when she attempts to warn her niece, the station master turns his attention on her. Joyce coughs up a needle and begins to begins to become sutured from the inside. Yikes. Meanwhile, Lisa notices that Heidi had disappeared from his truck, from the truck, and she decides to check Joyce's trailer. She finds her sister strung from the ceiling and cuts the sutures just before the station master is able to get them. When Lisa asks her sister where Heidi is, Joyce replies that they know, which leads Lisa to accept that her visions. Accept her visions. She follows the guidance of the conductor's ghost, which leads her to the station. There, she finds a hidden door and discovers many animals that had been stuffed by the station master. It's revealed that the station master had kept many slaves and stuffed them for his own keeping, including Nell and Levi and the conductor. Okay, yep. So he was... He was a bad guy. Mm, yeah, he was stuffing them. That's... That's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. She finds Heidi tied to the station master's table, and when she attempts to escape with her daughter, she finds the way blocked, except by going straight up through the ground. Heidi begins to climb and then is pulled up through the ground. When Lisa attempts to follow her, she's pulled back down by the station master. She's confronted by the ghost, but experiences a vision of her mother who tells her to let them in. She finally embraces her visions and finds out that the station master had told Nell, Levi, and the conductor that he would be back for them, but traps them instead, leaving them to starve so that he could stuff them. Learning the truth, it allows their spirits to be freed and have their vengeance on the station master. The station master's death is revisited, but instead of it being the townspeople who murder him, it's the spirits of all those he had killed. Makes sense. This allows Lisa to escape and the station master's spirit to be destroyed. It is then revealed that the person who had pulled Heidi through the ground was actually the spirit of Mr. Gordy, who was the station master's descendant and was acting as a protector of the Warwick family. Two weeks later, Andy attempts to hang a tire swing for Heidi. Lisa and Joyce speculate about why Mr. Gordy hadn't wanted people on his land and had come to the conclusion that he wanted his ancestor to be remembered for the good that he did and not the bad. Meanwhile, Heidi is struggling to ride her bike when it suddenly strains up. She turns around to see Mr. Gordy, and he sends her off to ride happily where she sees the spirits of Nell, Levi, and the conductor heading off into the woods, finally free. Aww. She turns around and sees Mr. Gordy waving goodbye to her before he turns and walks away into the afterlife, satisfied that the Wirricks are safe. In a text epilogue, it's revealed that the Wirricks remained in that house for another five years. Lisa's visions have not returned and that Heidi never saw Mr. Gordy again. The final shot shows photos of the real-life Heidi and Mr. Gordy and the entire Wirrick family. That sounds like a good ending. It was a happy ending seems like a decent movie yeah but that was the haunting in connecticut and the haunting in connecticut 2 ghosts of georgia. georgia georgia um i hope you guys liked my episode thanks for listening oh, are you are you signing out already i just said thanks for listening 
make sure you go follow us on our show show shows uh the link will be in the show notes below Mm -hmm. and we'll see you guys in the new year yep i'll be back with you what What just came out of my throat yep yep (laughs) um Happy I'll be New back Year. with I'll be back Happy with holidays. true crimes when we come back. Yep, and I will be back with the Stowy Times. Um and and the Patreon. And, the, and the Patreon. Patreon will be up. Yep. We're going to get it. The Patreon's going to be up. It's almost finished. Kirsten's been working really hard. It might be finished already. I have to have Michelle look over it and double check some things. We got to talk to chat. Not in a bad way. Just in an agreement way. She's going to tell course. me how much I suck. No, I am not. I'm just kidding. Thanks for listening. Bye.